0: Beast Watch News, watching the rising beast of Revelation. Much of today's report will focus on Israeli issues precipitated by the upcoming election. I believe this election will pave the way either quickly or further into the future for the rise of the Chabad Rabbinic Orthodox Supremacy Doctrine. And I will also present information about one of the beasts of the Book of Revelation, Chapter 13, and will later focus on some important items about President Donald Trump. Please understand this report is not anti-semitic as some may claim. It is being brought to you so you can be informed of the various ways the end times beast governments are forming and rising. Don't perish for lack of knowledge knowledge of the political messes that can harm you and lack of understanding and obeying the Torah the book of Revelation chapter 13 talks about the rise of two end time beasts I want to discuss only the second one let me explain what beast and horn means in relation to prophecy a beast is always a kingdom an empire that has at its core the satisfaction of the flesh Yahweh's kingdom which he also calls a holy nation has at its core righteousness as defined in his laws the Torah the beast kingdoms empires are not concerned with Yahweh's laws but their own a horn always represents a king the book of Daniel in chapter 7 explains that the horns spoken of are kings the book of Revelation in chapter 17 explains that the ten horns on the beast are kings as well thus we know that horns in scripture represent kings Bible prophecy is full of beasts, empires, and horns, kings who rule those empires. The book of Revelation discusses many different beasts to come after the advent of John the Apostle. One of those is the second beast of Revelation 13 the second beast of Revelation 13 came about because of the first beast of the same chapter according to the scripture but I don't have enough time to talk about that one let's talk about the second one because this one has already arisen but its prophecies span a long time range The second beast arose in the 18th century as a new Protestant nation, the United States of America. On that second beast of Revelation 13 are two horns, two kings. This has been confusing for many, even those who have understood this beast to be America. Some have described these two horns or kings in different ways from the Christian perspective, even to the point of saying the two horns represent the issue of separation of church and state that America has grappled with since its founding. However, this view defies how the scriptures everywhere else defines horns as kings so little has anyone understood until now under the search for the truth of Torah that there were indeed two horns that founded America which kings of the earth do the two horns of the Revelation 13 beast represent the kings of the two houses of Jacob the house of Israel and the house of Judah who have been in exile together for the last two thousand years remember The house of Judah was sent into exile for rejecting Yeshua and his plan to restore Israel with all 12 tribes. The Jewish leaders who betrayed Yeshua wanted nothing to do with bringing back the now forgiven house of Israel to the covenants of Abraham and Moses, so Yahweh exiled them did you know that many of the colonists in the Jamestown colony were Jews of course you did just google Jamestown colony founded by Jews and you will get about 356,000 results of the Jewish participation in colonizing America and even in the financing of the Revolutionary War we were taught in history class that the Protestants settled America but we weren't taught about the Jews huge contribution to the settling of America. The second beast of Revelation has two horns like a lamb according to Revelation thirteen eleven. which of the earth's people are associated specifically with the lamb Judaism and Christianity sister religions despite their many disputes this beast that claims the lamb is the one that comes out of the earth just like the four beasts of Daniel 7:17. 7, other beasts come out of the sea such as the beast of revelation 17:15 and what is the difference between these two revelation 17:15 says the sea is peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues the nations gentiles non-hebrews by physical descent or by being israelite converted to yeshua through Jacob, through Israel by inference then we can deduce that beasts coming out of the earth are not Gentile in origin but are Hebrew in origin coming from Abraham's descendants in fact all four of Daniel's beasts were spawned by one Hebrew named Esau every beast empire of Daniel is an Edomite empire let's look at some characteristics of the beast of Revelation 13 and I think you'll see what I mean this Hebrew beast empire that associates itself with the lamb caused fire to fall from heaven Revelation 13:13. 13, 13. Those are the H and atom bombs. In the end of days, America became the place of the invention of moving pictures that can cause the beast's image to move and speak. Revelation 13, verses 14 and 15. It is this beast from both houses working together in the end of days that will set up a financial system to require only those with the mark which I believe to be an RFID chip for tracking purposes of Noahides in order to buy and sell Revelation 13 16 and 17 in the end of days these two horns will more specifically represent two men who rule the house of Israel and the house of Judah at the moment these two men appear to be President Donald Trump and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu if not these two then there will be two rulers from the two houses that love each other as much as Trump and Netanyahu who will lead the nations into the Great Tribulation right now the State of Israel and Netanyahu's government will be my focus and I will concentrate on Trump and America later did you know Israel is now one of the top 20 most religiously restrictive countries in the world This is true of the Pew Research Center. When it comes to restrictions on religious freedom, Israel is in the company of countries like Saudi Arabia, Syria, and Iran. The report tracked the rise of religious restrictions in Europe and globally. Israel has the fifth highest level of social hostilities related to religious norms and the sixth highest level of inter-religious tension and violence a worse score than Syria The report cited incidents in Israel like harassment of people who drive cars near Haredi Orthodox neighborhoods on Shabbat, or government officials who defer in some way to religious authorities or doctrines on legal issues. Israel now defines itself as a Jewish state. Its Haredi Orthodox chief rabbinate controls all recognized marriage, divorce, burial, and Jewish conversions in the country, which means that non-Orthodox weddings, divorces, funerals, and conversions are not recognized by the state. The state likewise does not recognize intermarriages conducted in the country. Most cities do not run public transit on Shabbat. These are some of the issues dividing the new Jewish state, the Jewish wannabe religious state that replaced the previously democratic Israeli political state created by the UN in 1948. Another much larger overarching issue is the question of homosexuality. Haaretz commented on the speed at which the fault lines of Israeli politics have moved from the classic left-right argument over the future of the West Bank and conflict with the Palestinians along with matters of religion and liberalism that has taken everyone by surprise. According to the article, the current backlash against turning Israel into a religious state has been unexpected, even by Avigdor Lieberman, who started this mess by not joining Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's religious coalition last April. For decades, the Israeli center-left has been trying to break up the right-wing religious coalition on issues of religion and state to end the stranglehold of the ultra-orthodox establishment over wide swaths of public life and legislation. There is a fundamental difference within the religious Zionist community at large and the religious majority who have recently made their peace with the fact that some of their sons and daughters are attracted to their own sex that deepening rift dividing Haredi ultra-Orthodox nationalists from modern Orthodox Jews has both long-term sociological effects and immediate political implications. The hypocrisy of the Haredi is that a 2014 poll by a gay orthodox Jewish organization in Israel found that of the 1,157 Herodim who have contacted it to voluntarily participate in the poll two-thirds were married and nearly half of those husbands have sex with men at least once a month Rabbi Ron Yosef, founder and head of HOD, which is a Hebrew acronym for religious homosexuals, as well as Israel's only openly gay Orthodox rabbi, says the men come from across Israel's Haredi community, from major Hasidic orders such as Ger, Viznitz, Bratislav, Chabad, Satmar, and Belz and prestigious yeshivot including Penavze, Porat Yosef and Hebron they live in all the main ultra-orthodox cities and towns including Jerusalem Betar elite, Modin elite, Elad Beit Shemesh and B'nai Brak ultimately the homosexual abomination question is not only dividing Israel at large but its own community Yeshua said a house divided cannot stand he was referring specifically to his house but the principle applies universally another clash regarding the coming Jewish religious state has to do with Shabbat transportation in Israel Mayor Carmel Shamaha Cohen's desk is strewn with evidence of the threats against his life Over his campaign to introduce public bus service on the Sabbath, an effort that put him on one side of a broader dispute that some call a battle for the soul of Israel service begins next weekend between this leafy suburb city of 156,000 and the beach in Tel Aviv after the Ramat Gan City Council approved the plan on Tuesday despite opposition from Israelis who say service on Friday evening and Saturday flouts the Bible ordained day of rest the dispute was the latest in a national conflict over the sabbath that has upended israeli politics it pits the most religiously conservative jews against the secular as well as those who are strongly faithful but less observant a segment known in israel as traditional jews Much of the tension revolves around the growing ultra-orthodox population's use of its burgeoning political power to impose restrictions on government work, business, and movement on the holy day. "...the Sabbath issue will be among the most important issues deciding Mr. Netanyahu's fate in September," said Yer Shelig, a research fellow at the Israel Democracy Institute, a Jerusalem think tank. "...they feel it once a week," Mr. Shelig said, "...of Israelis and Sabbath restrictions. It's not an abstract issue." mr netanyahu is a secular politician but has joined with ultra-orthodox parties to form governing coalitions and has called for respecting the status quo of the sabbath as a national day of rest Such secular versus religious issues deeply divide his Likud party. Almost 60% of Likud voters say public transportation should be allowed on the Sabbath in communities that want it, according to a February poll by the Jerusalem-based Israel Democracy Institute. Since Israel's founding in 1948, the status quo maintained by secular and religious politicians with a few exceptions has been to eschew public transportation on the Sabbath preserving a cultural mainstay of Judaism but in recent years many Israelis have grown frustrated with the status quo demanding some kind of limited transportation Netanyahu has defended his secular credentials this summer he has said Israel will never be ruled by Halakha or Jewish law and rejected requests from a religious coalition partner to appoint one of their own as justice minister instead choosing a socially liberal gay Likud lawmaker between elections to run the ministry The Ramat Gan mayor, Mr. Shema Hakuen, a former Likud lawmaker, said he took up the issue of public transportation on Sabbath after it surprisingly emerged as a top issue in chats with constituents. The city has long had a mix of religious and secular residents, but the less observant have become more vocal in advocating against ultra-Orthodox influence, he said there is something that is happening here for the first time ever in the state of Israel Mr. Shema HaKohen said of the desire of traditional Jews to break the status quo around Sabbath restrictions he stressed that the demand now comes not just from the regular critics of left-wing secular activists but also from traditional Jews like himself who are often right-wing Likud voters The city's Sabbath bus service will shuttle riders on the city's main thoroughfares to the beach four miles away and to other special destinations in Tel Aviv. If the shuttles are little used in the first three months, the service will be stopped, Mr. Shema Hakuen said. There should be an option for everyone, said Malay Mare, 19 years old, a waitress who said she spends weekends at home in Ramat Gan because she has no way to get into Tel Aviv, where many restaurants, bars, and entertainment venues remain open on the Sabbath. Let me interject here. The Sanhedrin will have to outlaw work on Shabbat for the transportation on sh- the Shabbat issue to be settled but I doubt they will do that why it is because one reason for turning the people of the nations into Noahides is so the Jews won't have to give their Noahide servants time off for Shabbat. In fact the Jews will make their servants work on Shabbat so there won't be a chance of a Noahide keeping Yahweh's Shabbat. Ultra-Orthodox Jews protested the Sabbath bus plan in Ramat Gan before its approval on Tuesday. On Wednesday, Ultra-Orthodox political leaders said Mr. Shmuel Hakohen has crossed the red line, staining the city of Ramat Gan with the destruction of religious values and the sanctity of Shabbat. Fights over observing the Sabbath have played out across the country. The ultra-Orthodox have launched a boycott of a glass bottle company that operates on the Sabbath, delayed weekend construction projects, and held up at least one city budget in protest. The conflict over religious observance extends to marriage, divorce, and conversion to Judaism, which are controlled by the ultra-Orthodox-dominated state religious authority, the rabbinate. Many Israelis marry outside the country to have ceremonies that don't conform with ultra-Orthodox views. Mayor Shemaha Cohen's mother told him to give up the fight, fearing the consequences he also recalled how a Likud colleague warned him of the political ramifications of Sabbath transportation saying it's a death pit the ultra orthodox and orthodox both want more than mere control over all Israel via a ruling Sanhedrin they want to rule the earth Yeshua said his word will go forth from Zion, Jerusalem but the rabbis interpret this as their words going forth around the world even though the rabbis in power in the Sanhedrin won't admit it all of their words going forth around the world will be corrupted with this filthy homosexual practice found among even their own men and the forced labor of non-Jews called Noahides that is only one danger of the outcome of this Israeli election. Also in an effort to uphold the Israeli religious Jewish states edicts worldwide, Israel's new top education official Rafi Peretz has compared intermarriage among Jews in North America to the Holocaust. Peretz is an orthodox rabbi who heads the United Right Alliance of mostly far-right parties and one who is working toward a religious Jewish state. Peretz said that assimilation is like the Holocaust during a July 1st cabinet meeting. The comment was confirmed by the Associated Press. Citing three unnamed people in the room for last week's meeting, Axios quoted Parrots as saying Jews in the United States marrying outside their religion was like a second holocaust. The meeting reportedly involved a briefing by Jewish People Policy Institute Chairman Dennis Ross and a senior official involved in the administrations of former Presidents Barack Obama, George W. Bush, and Bill Clinton the discussion involved the increasing rate of unions between Jews and non-Jews and to parrots this meant the Jewish people have lost 6 million people over the last 70 years according to Axios and now transfer of power Leviathan returns home leviathan is returning to israel from america according to breaking israel news four giant barges carrying sections of the leviathan natural gas platform set out on a 7000 mile voyage from texas and the gulf of mexico to the mediterranean sea last week where it will drill down into israel's leviathan gas field let me tell you the significance of this the symbolic importance of it Leviathan is the sea serpent mentioned in the Bible that Isaiah says Yahweh will kill at the end of days Isaiah 27 verse 1 in that day Yahweh, with his great and fierce and strong sword will punish the sea monster the darting serpent the sea monster that twisting serpent and he shall kill the monster in the sea many over the eons have identified Leviathan with the serpent in the Garden of Eden the Jews however have a different doctrine about it According to Judaism, a section of the Talmud describes the post-messianic role of a large fish called the Leviathan. In the tractate of Baba Batra 75a, it is written that God originally produced a male and a female Leviathan. God became concerned that in multiplying the species would destroy the world God killed the female Leviathan preserving her flesh for the special banquet that will be given to the righteous on the arrival of the Messiah the banquet will be held inside a huge tent made from the leviathan's skin well let me get this straight at Yahweh's Yeshua's wedding feast he will serve his bride and their guests unclean meat yep okay I got it the move of the derrick named Leviathan to the gas field named Leviathan is symbolic of the west house of Israel giving its power to Israel house of Judah why is this happening well remember that the houses of Israel and Judah are called a beast by Yahweh in Revelation 13 And here we have the original beast, the one that defiled Yahweh's people in the beginning to cause the chaos that is ruled on the earth since the beginning, Leviathan, being transferred between them the West and at the moment President Donald Trump is facilitating the transfer of power to Israel where Jerusalem will succeed and combine the powers of Washington, London and the Hague the current cities of the new world order to become what Revelation calls the great city and Sodom and Egypt Revelation 11.8 says and their dead bodies that's of the two witnesses shall lie in the street of the great city which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt where also our Lord was crucified so we are watching the literal power transfer from the west to Jerusalem right now Quite literally, Yahweh is telling us the transfer of power from the Western House of Israel to the House of Judah is in progress. <laughs> Another element in this transfer of power from the West to Jerusalem has to do with Donald Trump's possible and, as yet unconfirmed, conversion to Judaism. As one from the House of Israel who has converted to the House of Judah's Judaism, it would make sense to him to transfer this power and to help the Jews in all of their plans for their Messiah and the Noahide laws the formation of the ruling Sanhedrin which will one day supersede the Knesset and the coming establishment of the UN created political state of Israel under the tribes of Judah Benjamin, Simeon and Levi leaving out the tribes of Reuben Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph Dan, Naphtali, Gad and Asher President Trump has brought everything in his power together to facilitate the rise of Israel to embolden Jewish leadership to begin preparing for their Jewish Messiah and subjugating the seventy nations under Sanhedrin control to beginning the education of the global populace about our choice between Jewish conversion or being labeled Noahides Trump has made America Israel's guard as Ezekiel prophesied in chapter 38 verse 7 which says be prepared yes prepare for yourself you and all your assembly that are assembled to you and be a guard to them why did he do this why is he so focused on Israel Well, according to Moshe Shulman on Medium.com on December 14, 2017, Trump's decision came after days of consulting with his D.C. area rabbi, Rabbi Gary Busey. This is an unprecedented move for a president. But he is convinced this will help ease any harsh and negative feelings toward him since the Charlottesville attack and his plethora of blunders when it comes to race relations and anti-Semitism. President Trump is committed to only eating kosher food, even though it means giving up his late-night fast-food treats like McDonald's and Taco Bowl from the Trump Grill, but he is very much looking forward to gefilte fish and traditional potato stew, cullant. It is unclear whether Melania and Barron will convert as well, but President Trump is encouraging them to join him, even if that means Melania will have to wear long skirts and wigs. Trump plans on rewriting the Ten Commandments, citing that they are ancient rules and they need to be upgraded to fit the world he lives in, Regarding the Sabbath he usually rests anyway on Saturday so adjusting his lifestyle won't be an issue. Trump doesn't plan on wearing a Yarmulke. He believes the way he conducts himself daily is God-fearing enough. However he will wear a Yarmulke when in a synagogue as is the custom i have respect for traditions and customs for all people trump said except for the illegals trump also plans on rebuilding the western wall coating it in signature trump gold and renaming it the trump wall no notes will be allowed in its crevices too messy As I was reading the above article it occurred to me this might be satirical just from the snide way it was written. So I searched further and here is what I found in Israel News Today. President Donald Trump converted to Judaism two years ago and joined the Kabad Lubavitch Synagogue in New York City according to a high-level White House official the story has allegedly been held by CNN's editors for months but is due to be released within the next few days David Elias Goldberg a fellow at the Jewish Center of anti-semitic study has also interviewed the White House source according to the source Trump was pushed by his daughter Ivanka and his son-in-law Jared Kushner to join the faith at first Trump resisted stating it could threaten his base of evangelical Christian voters however he had a change of heart and officially converted in early 2017 the ceremony was held in private and closely guarded for nearly two years It appears the White House is prepared to slowly release this information and by summer, it is expected Trump will fully address his new faith in an evening televised news conference. This revealing of Trump's conversion has not yet happened. But it also makes sense that Trump loves Israel and the Jews because of his father, Fred Trump, a Lutheran land developer who became close friends with Polish Rabbi Israel Wagner. Malka Weisberg did an interview about her father, Rabbi Israel Wagner, and Fred Trump's friendship. Their friendship seemed incongruous since their meeting came less than six years after the end of World War II and the Holocaust. Both of Fred Trump's parents were German, and the ovens of the concentration camps were still warm. The Trump offices were in Haven, and Mr. Trump would frequently stop in to talk to my father. They definitely discussed their pasts, Weisberg said. They spoke about family, a subject that was very important to both of them. They also discussed theology and religion. It is well known that Donald Trump has been a long-time friend of Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Though this is clearly a manifestation of the strong political alliance between the two countries, it has its roots in the President's family. Fred Trump, the President's father, became friends with Netanyahu while he was the Israeli ambassador to the United Nations in Manhattan the friendship lasted until fred passed away in 1999 rabbi wagner and his wife attended the wake weisberg related how donald trump approached her mother grateful that she was at the funeral the breaking news article calls this section a revelation for a good reason rubitson he said you should know that your husband was not only a good friend of my father but he was also my father's rabbi Trump told Malka Weisberg's mother Weisberg now lives in Israel and the young man she once knew is now considered by many to be the most pro Israel president in US history I believe a lot of what the president does today with the Jewish people and Israel comes from how he grew up watching his father interact with the Jewish community, Weisberg said this came from the warm relationship between Fred Trump and my father Trump's conversion certainly explains a lot including that it is possible and I say possible he will fulfill the rabbi's expected role as Gog, which they believe will come from the office of the U.S. President. If Trump is of the House of Israel, specifically Reubenite descent, as I suspect, it makes sense that his flesh would feel the pull toward Israel. The Gog scroll, also known as the Bush scroll, was given to President George W. Bush on January 9, 2008 by Rabbi A. Evan Yisrael Steinsaltz of the Sanhedrin, Dr. Gadi Eshel of the New Jewish Congress, and Rabbi Chaim Richman of the Holy Temple and Temple Mount movements. It was addressed to the esteemed Mr. George W. Bush, the Chief Prince of Meshach and Tubal, According to Ezekiel 38:1, leader of the west, with an exclamation point. In my research of Gog many years ago, and I've written a lot about this on Beast Watch News, I realized that Gog was a descendant of Reuben because the Bible says so in First Chronicles chapter 5, verse 4, starting at. 1 Chronicles 5:3: The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, Hanok and Palu, Hezron and Carmi, the sons of Joel, Shemaiah his son, Gog his son, Shemae his son, Micah his son, Reah his son, Baal his son, Bera his son, whom Tilgath-Pilneser king of Assyria carried away he was ruler of the men of Reuben verse 3 lists the sons of Reuben verses 4 through 6 lists the living descendants the rulers of the smaller clans of Reubenites within the tribe of Reuben and Gog was one of those descendants the rabbis believe not all rabbis believe this that the office of the President of the United States will be held by a descendant of Gog President Bush was named specifically as Gog however we now know their prophecy of George Bush was not true but that does not mean the rest of their prophecy is not true here is why it makes prophetic sense that the end times Gog will be a descendant of Reuben and that he will be powerful enough to start a war in Israel President Trump in his zeal to protect and guard Israel again Ezekiel 38 7 is setting the stage for the fall of Israel along with the United States his conversion to Judaism is just another step he has taken to completely identify himself with Israel one reason I suspect is because deep in his soul he still carries the angst of Reuben who was more concerned for himself than he was for Joseph in the pit and after the Midianites took him Genesis 37 29 and 30 And Reuben returned to the pit And behold Joseph was not in the pit And he tore his clothes And he returned to his brothers and said The child he is not And I where shall I go Reuben was concerned for himself Not Joseph He was concerned for the loss of his first-born position. This loss would have been carried forward to future generations where it became embedded in their DNA. I believe it is possible that whoever Gog in the White House turns out to be trump or another will be carrying this angst to return the firstborn blessing from Judah back to Reuben and that this will be an underlying element in the Gog Magog war I think it is possible that the president will use the power of the US military to overpower the Palestinians on behalf of the Israelis trying to gain their approval as their rightful leader if it is that Trump has converted he will lead the way for other Americans to convert to Judaism and now Trump is hailed as the first Jewish president of the United States and now A final word about the beast of Revelation 13 and the transfer of power symbolized in the moving of the Leviathan Derek of America to the Leviathan gas field of Israel, President Trump's transferring his interests from the house of Israel to the house of Judah and all the unrest in Israel over religion versus state. We earlier saw how Israeli minister Peretz is calling intermarriage between Jews and non-Jews a Holocaust. Now we will investigate another fear they have of the house of Israel one that was addressed recently by John Huckabee. The Jews do have a fear of the returning house of Israel. I once asked a rabbi in Israel what he thought about us the returning house of Israel he angrily asked me what do you want Kimberly the land I said yes when the Messiah comes I meant Yeshua he didn't I want my inheritance in the land he was not happy with that Jewish doctrine says Ephraim will never be allowed to return according to one friend who heard these words from the mouth of Rivka Lambert Adler a supporter or possibly member of the rising Jewish conversion ring. The issue has become so concerning to Jews recently that John Huckabee put the fear of many Jews to rest this past week regarding the true intentions of Christian Zionists. Many Jews believe that their love of Israel and the Jewish people is all part of a grand scheme to convert them to Christianity. However, he made sure to speak for evangelicals exclusively, saying that evangelical Christians believe in the authority of Scripture. When the Bible says, I will bless those who bless you, it's game over. The Jewish people are the people he chose, and it's not my job to argue, but to celebrate it. He added, Huckabee like most Christians do not know they are Israel they are Israel because of the work of Yeshua his work also extends and must include Jews as well his death was for the purpose of reunifying and restoring 12 tribes into one kingdom again this is why he is called the son of David King David was able to unify the kingdom for only two generations his own and Solomon's the kingdom split after Rehoboam Solomon's son began to reign it will be Yeshua who restores the kingdom as it was in the days of David with all the tribes recognized under the banner called Israel the news out of America is now so bizarre and chaotic that it is keeping people from seeing the coming kingdom of Yeshua which is preceded by the great tribulation someone asked me this week what he is supposed to do my answer is simple get out of Babylon and go to the place of safety before it is too late you can follow the link to find out where that is that's it for this Beastwatch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers-Brown signing off. Click over to BeastwatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.